0: This week's episode of Everything Went Black. Sorry but my voice, a little froggy. I've been uh, doing a lot of singing in preparation for our upcoming tour with Profanatica and Nunslaughter. This week, Ryan Patterson, my good friend who I've known for over a quarter century, returns for another episode. A lot has been going on in Ryan's corner and we get into all of it. Ryan is the front person of photo crime, as well as Coliseum, as well as a great all around guy, incredible designer and owner and operator of shirt killer. Before we get going, I want to shout out the other members of the horsemen of the podcasting apocalypse coming at you at the beginning of the week to kick things off. We have horror wolf 666 brought to you by Brandon Legion, another horror podcast. Brandon focuses on interviews with filmmakers, actors, and other luminaries in the horror world. Occasionally, some of us will show up on there to talk about a variety of different subjects. Next up, Into the Necrosphere, brought to you by Jackie Smith, the greatest extreme music podcast on the internet. Midweek, of course, is Everything Went Black, the show you're listening to right now. I return the next day with Necromaniacs, Alongside Mike Scandato and Jeff Kashid and we discuss a variety of different horror films. Friday comes Spitball Media, show launched by Mike's brother John Draper. Saturday is a day off, but Sunday, Carl Hikara returns with Soul Knocks, a show that deals with all things occult, esoteric, dark, and macabre carl and i are full bore into darkness weaves our collaborative effort where we discuss the work of carl edward wagner carl also posts an episode on thursdays so he's hitting you guys twice a week out there in the fringe out in the the abyss the darkness we have iblis manifestations deployed to you by cheyenne of the great band trivax if you enjoy the show please support us on social media give us a like Uh, Instagram Facebook all that jazz Uh, if you want to do further support you can hit us on patreon for as little as $1 a month you get access to all the bonus material for $5 a month you get early access to the shows and for $25 a month you can become a sponsor to promote your business your band your project whatever it is And, um, and that's about it we're planning a big event on Patreon in March. We're going to do our first ever Zoom hangout with all the members. So get in on that action if you guys want, if you want to hang out with us and uh, just talk. And here we go. I've always known you to be someone, someone who has multiple things going on at once. But most recently, I've seen some activity on the Coliseum front. So, uh, so what's going on with that?
1: Yes, we uh, Carter, the drummer of Coliseum, and Kahan, the bass player. We always stayed in touch, you know. We text pretty regularly in the eight years since we stopped playing, which in mainly just about like movies, records, you know, just shit like that. Of course, like when we are in each other's towns, we hang out. And Carter had a kid, so you know, there's a you know communication with that and sharing photos, and then you know, just some of like the. The business shit like you know here's there's a few bucks some royalties or whatever stuff like that um but i feel like we always thought we'd play again so we wrote a record a while back like i after uh photo crimes part of crime album was recorded which i think i recorded in 2021 i immediately like wrote this hardcore record just like short fast songs did all the demos Sent him to Carter, Carter and k and was like, let's do this. We didn't really have a plan of what it would be, but uh, it was just an like excuse to play together. And But Carter had just had a baby, so it took him like a year to get around to doing the drums. And so that be- eventually became this CLSM record, which we didn't want to uh, kind of didn't want to satisfy the people that drove me crazy during the last like, half of coliseum's career that only wanted us to sound like we sounded early on so we didn't want to call it coliseum and we just thought this kind of abbreviated thing would be like it's almost like a side project but it is a coliseum record when we put it out on digital it's under the coliseum discography but the record itself doesn't say coliseum anywhere so i just liked that it was confusing too there were a lot of questions about it from people and and I. Kind of liked not answering those questions, you know. Like everything's so like over explained these days.
0: Oh yeah, man. There's
1: no mystery anymore than anything. Right. Yeah. So the idea that we just put out this record out of nowhere. So that was all super fun, actually. Like, um, I kind of reconnected with Dan from Equal Vision, who had signed Black Cross like 20 years ago or more, and he was like, "You got anything you're working on?" I said, "Yeah, I have this record," and he was super pumped and wanted to put it out and. They just did whatever I wanted. They were like, we'll do whatever, however you want to do it. They put my, my label auxiliaries logo on it. So it's kind of like an auxiliary release. And I told them I just wanted to release it as a surprise. Like no, no pre-order, no, you know, all the stuff that like sucks about releasing a record. Sure. Yeah. I was like, I really none that. of that, you know, no, no lead up, no videos, no teasing so one day in November we were just like here's this record. And it was so satisfying because it was like that day we released the record we sold the copies that they had put up online that day and people were happy and it was done. <laughs> you
0: know. It's <laughs> like that's awesome, man. That's yeah. like best case scenario, you know. I know.
1: Yeah. I went to bed and I was like okay, that was a good day. And it wasn't like that thing where you're fighting for a mission and and I'm starting to feel that way with photo crime, but I definitely felt it with Coliseum where we were always working and always trying to achieve something. And I never felt like we were achieving what I wanted in terms of like audience reception. So that was cool. We just did that record. And then, um, and then that kind of led into talks about playing some shows as Coliseum because this year is 20, the 20th anniversary of our first shows. So we, we're doing a couple shows in Louisville and about to practice in a few weeks for that and that's been fun you know and I, and I'm i don't know so we're kind of dipping into that but I'm I'm also trying to keep my I'm not going all the way back in if that makes sense dude i i totally get it i
0: mean it's um sometimes like when you know it's like things are over and it's a time and place and then it's fun to visit those areas sometimes but never fully unpack you know and yeah. get back you know, unpack and move in again, you know, that's like, you know, I, I totally get it. Like I, I, I've never actually revisited like former bands before. Um, but I can imagine that being similar to that experience of being like, ah, this is fun, but the, you know, things are different. My life has moved on, but uh, yeah, I was going to ask you like, you know,
1: how, is it satisfying to do this to kind of, you know, revitalize this again? I haven't, you know, it's just starting. So I don't know. The only other experience I had with that was, this band I did called Automatic, we put out a couple seven inches in like the late 90s. And we got back together and played a couple local shows and recorded some music and it kind of fizzled out. But that felt like, that was like 12 years ago, maybe like 14 years ago, but there was no expectation on that. It wasn't a popular band. It was just kind of like, let's just do this. I don't have any bands that are very popular in my history. So there's no like, huge desire for from an audience for that, you know. Um, it's not like fucking, I don't know, you know, Fugazi or something where people are asking people them constantly to reunite. It's not like a quicksand reunion or something like that. Exactly. So with this, it's interesting. I'm I'm having fun relearning the songs. I'm excited to play with with Carter and Kahan and to hang out with them. We're really lucky that we're all still friends and get along and and so there's no i don't think there's going to be any of that thing where as as i'm sure you would know if like you break up a band and you get back together 15 years later it's like getting together with an ex-girlfriend those things that pulled you apart are still there and the so on that level the only thing that pulled coliseum apart was me feeling uh bummed out about the band you know like i we stopped doing the band because i was just exhausted from feeling like i was pushing uh you know i was i was sisyphus pushing the fucking boulder up the hill so i already feel that way again and that's why i'm not going to unpack my bags as you said (laughs) but it's fun though that's good right yes yes i'll have the fun but if i start putting my energy into it again because for the last eight years, people have been blowing smoke up my ass. Everywhere I go, someone's like, oh, fuck, Coliseum. You you were in Coliseum, man. I, you know, I saw you guys. I did this. You guys were huge. You guys should do a tour. And it's just, it's not reality. It's like, it's that kind of bullshit where somebody knows a name and they think it's a right. big deal. And, oh, yeah. And I'm like, we were a working band, dude. We were not ever a popular band. We just worked our asses off. We did a ton of rad shit and so yeah there's even if we wanted to there couldn't be like a some kind of big triumphant reunion tour i don't want to get into that i don't want to get into any disappointment i just want to have fun playing songs with my friends
0: yeah see that that's that's the thing every you know it's like people ruin things all the time like that too you know what i mean it's like you know they they put their half-assed expectations on things you know and then they'll they'll be like oh yeah man you should go on tour then you get together and go on tour and they totally forgot Or they had something else going on that night you played in their town. They didn't see you. And that's like a feeling I always get, you know, oh man, you know, like whatever I was, I was out of town, you know, the the litany of excuses why they didn't come to the show, you know? And it's like, it's hard enough being in a current band to get people to come out and see you. You know what I mean? Yeah. The one thing I do like, well, not the one thing, but the thing I like about this re you know, reunion quote unquote is that you're, I see. I'll tell you the things I don't like that I observe in the world right now. All these bands that haven't been on stage in like 20 years, and the dudes in the bands having maybe the week before this reunion show picked up their gear to start playing again. That I have no time for that. And that's yeah. running rampant right now. And it just needs to stop. Yeah. So yeah. with Coliseum, you guys are all active. You guys are still playing. You guys still. Know how to tune your your instruments, you know, and yes, play, yes. and you you have gear that works, you know. You don't, have to, you don't have to borrow stuff from people, you know. Right? So that's always that's a plus, man. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, yeah that that's another thing is like Carter has, you know, he doesn't tour as much, but he sings and plays guitar in this band. Null, they're super killer. Kahan, you know, uh, Yaocha does great and does a bunch of rad shit. And so, and obviously, I never stopped, you know, and do photo crime stuff. So. Yeah, it's like all the stuff's there. It's ready to go. My amps are in use all the time. You know, I pulled out the old guitars and they need to tune up. But like, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't feel like it's me leaving a desk job to go make music. It's like I make music all the fucking time. And for that weekend, I'm going to be making that music as opposed to my current music. And that's that'll be cool. I'm stoked.
0: I generally don't go to these reunion shows. Like the only... Like I've only seen two bands reunite that I cared about. One was Dead Guy, and the other one was Rorschach. And uh, mm-hmm. the Rorschach one was cool because it was um, all original members and roadies.
1: Okay. And it was
0: like there's all the dudes who used to like be on the road with those guys. Like Will Tarrant, our mutual friend, was like mm-hmm. doing merch for them. You know, Chris Pierce was driving we driving Chris's van. You know, and it was like I don't know. There was something special about that, you know. And um, and that was it. And they ended it. And they they didn't drag it out they didn't play you know the beer fest or whatever (laughs) they didn't do any of these like I'm sure and there was tons of like like uh desire for them to go out and do these things they're just like you know what we're done I got other stuff to do and they slayed you know and but I've I've heard reports from various members of uh you know my friends and and my Mike Scandado my my uh co-host at Necromaniacs and he's reporting to me about some of the things he's observed and I'm just like man it's better to like let it let that memory fade let let's remember these these things the way we want to remember them and not you know have our 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 uh, memories destroyed by like a poor presentation of the music and that's what i'm really really excited about coliseum is like that's diametrically opposite to that movement and you guys are like seasoned you're in practice one guy doesn't have to like buy all new gear to come out there and do this and and it's awesome Yeah, I mean I
1: I've have, I've have eased up in my as I grow older about reunions where I used to just think it was the worst thing ever and now I'm like life's short people should do what is fun or what makes them money or whatever but I don't like seeing a band play that's not a unit like you see a band that used to be on fucking fire and you go and it's like four people on stage that just don't have any connection they don't even know where to stand they're like And I fucking hate that. And I'm like, like, you know, be a unit. Put yourself in the position. Think about that. Think about the presentation. Like you're here to to not just to entertain, but you're like, you should fucking annihilate, you know, whatever band you are. And I've seen, yeah, Louisville bands that are killer, but there's sometimes like one person that's just like a fucking normo. And I'm just like, oh, I don't this fucking guy's like, I don't want to see him. So I do feel good about that. And and while I know it's nostalgia, this doesn't really feel like nostalgia to me. We never, we didn't, we just stopped. We didn't break up. We didn't fight. And it hasn't been that long. Um, and I don't know, you know, it's like we'd, we'd go do other things if it came up. Um, we might play again, but I like the idea that it's fluid. You know, I just...
0: You touched on something interesting, which I want to, I just want to bring up too, is like you, it's not nostalgia. Okay. Let's, let's Let's hold that thought for a second. So to you, this is just the continuum of your life, you know, all right. Yeah. I did this thing a while back, but the people, some people out there, it is a time and a place in their life, man. And that's, that's important because, um, you know, earlier we were talking about, you know, oh yeah, my, you know, my dad used to listen to your band or whatever, you know, (laughs) And it was like, so that Coliseum is a meaningful thing to someone. And it goes back to like a few year period or a summertime or like this summer, I was like really, really doing this thing. I had this like, you know, girlfriend or whatever, and we were stoked and we would do this stuff together and we listen to Coliseum. So with that in mind, it's like, you know, you have to keep in mind, even though to you, it's not nostalgia, there is a legacy that you have to uphold with like yeah. going on stage and playing these songs again and having this, the members together and presenting itself as Coliseum. And that's like, you know, that's something I think about too. Not like anyone cares about me going and reuniting my bands, but like if I was in some stature like that, I would be like, man, you got to really, you're trying to preserve someone's memories of
1: what you did that impacted their life for a certain period of time. Yeah. And, and, obviously we've seen that with bands that were important to us like um i mean black flags is a perfect example of like what the fuck yeah. but yeah yeah and then like the misfits while like the the footage i've seen of them recently they sound good and stuff but there's no mystery there anymore all that all that which is fine but like that's just gone and so yeah, for for me, but it is interesting. It's like I was we were I was relearning a song the other day, a Coliseum song, and I just thought I could change this. Like it's my fucking song. I don't have to, I don't have to be beholden to that perception of what it was at that moment. You know, we might have changed the songs live as they went on anyway, and keep the energy there. Ultimately, people are coming to see the three of us play these songs, and yeah i understand it's important to people and it's important to me but i am not i'm not interested in that time you know it's 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 weird it's like i want to play the songs i want to play with my friends but i don't want to relive anything yeah no on a personal level for sure definitely you know right
0: it's just such an interesting thing when you start you know i mean you and i are probably similar that we like ponder these things oh, yeah. you know infinitum like sitting there thinking about all this like philosophical elements to the things we do you know yeah, <laughs> for sure but yeah it's yeah. definitely interesting it's an interesting thing to to think about you know and and uh yeah i just uh you know it's that's cool I, I wish you guys were playing around here somewhere i would definitely you know want to see you guys play
1: you know yeah i mean we might you know it's it's like i saying, there's a there's a lot of questions of like are you going to play here are you going to do that we definitely won't tour and i'm just curious like i'm curious if anybody will offer for us to play anywhere we offered our exclusive european show to like a big festival and they turned us down after a lot of like back and forth and so i'm just not going to go chase anything you know it's like fuck that like like you know i'm not i'm on a mission and that mission is photo crime and if coliseum has things that are fun and meaningful and the logistics work out that's cool but I'm not trying to, like, chase down a payday or whatever. Like, if if somebody really, really wants to see us and they got the time and money, you know, they can come to Louisville. Uh, otherwise, like, we'll just see what happens, you know?
0: And a quick fun fact for you guys out there listening. Uh, the first three Tombs shows were with Coliseum. Yeah. Anyone out there, uh,
1: you know, was around back then? That was, uh, that was our first three shows was with uh, Coliseum. And was one of those the one in in uh providence that got shut down by the cops
0: it yeah it was boston providence and new york city at abc no
1: rio that was the yeah, uh yeah. three dates yeah that was a lot of fun yeah that was awesome yeah that, that one that in providence was like is that engineer too does that sound right engineer engineer was yeah. on all three of those shows Yeah. okay yeah yeah and like uh i just remember we we played like two or three songs in some kind of like diy space and the cops shut it down and I don't remember any of those things. People come and tell me, they'll be like, you played this fucking song. And I'm like, I don't know, you know, like there's some apparently legendary DIY venue in Montreal that Coliseum played and the cops came and shut it down. That was the last show there. And not that we shut down these fucking shows. You know. We're just, somebody books us somewhere and, and you know, it's not legal and then it happens, but it's interesting that like, as you know, it's like you, you go somewhere for one night and that's just a night in your history and you remember it as best you can but for the people living there that might be really important it's kind of like what you're saying but there's it's interesting when you go back somewhere and they're saying oh this show this was an event this thing happened but to me it was just like one of the 20 times I've played Montreal or whatever you know it's very wild to see that perspective
0: oh yeah yeah definitely you know and it's like yeah I just wanted to bring that up to you because you know you and I probably self-deprecating we don't really put you know we we do what we do we kind of put it in the back and move on and continue but it's like you know it is meaningful you know what i mean there is like yeah. some you are you are reaching people you are influencing people and like you're creating memories for them and i think that's that's like one of the coolest like peripheral things about making music you know i mean uh, you you and i are probably similar in that we like to create just the act of creation in and of itself is satisfying but the peripheral aspects of it like having meaning for someone else besides yourself is is like a very, very uh, heavy, profound sort of thing. Why is definitely the Coliseum and, and photo crime and all these other bands you're doing.
1: Yeah, it's true. I mean, and, and yeah, we are self-deprecating. And like you said, like, you know, if fucking Anodyne wanted to play again, tons of people would be stoked on it. Like all that stuff's meaningful. Like early tombs is is meaningful to me. And like, you know, when we were, crossing paths and i was designing records and shit with you and shirts and and but it is funny it's like photo crime just was fucking around with a new song the other day and just just the the present and the future is just so much more exciting to me oh yeah it's like like the, the the possibility of what could be is always more exciting than the reality of what was and i think that's the beauty of of like creation because you're just you're moving on to something it's like I don't know. In some ways it's like that, like um, a fucking, I don't know. Like if you think reanimators, the shit and you're stoked on that, but there's some new movie coming out and there's a possibility that it might be the next amazing, insane, existential splatter punk gore movie. Even if it's not the excitement of that to me is more exciting than just watching the same old shit over and over, you know? Oh yeah, definitely.
0: Well, you know, photo crime, the, for me what's exciting about the band is all the different iterations of that band like i've i've the I've seen you play just by yourself basically you know yeah. with um and then there's a full band and you know and then there's like different sort of flavors of that where mo- some of it's like electronic some of it's live musicians and some of it's all live musicians so it's you know, for me, like, uh, I haven't been able to catch up with you guys for a minute, but um, I'm looking forward to seeing you the next time. because I think now the actual
1: current version is a full rock band style presentation. Uh, right? There's still no, no live drummer. Okay. You know? Yeah, it, it will, it will, my goal is for it to always be a drum machine band, um, which is like, it's really funny, man. I don't know. I don't know if it's just like maybe the kind of the world that we all run in, but how, how often I get the question of like, will you have a drummer or we you know why? And I just say, Hey man, do you ask God flesh where their drummer is or big black or fucking sisters of mercy? Or, you know, it's just interesting that the perception and maybe, I mean, one of the first shows I ever went to, there was a Louisville drum machine band that opened one of the shows. And so it's just part of my perception. I'm like, it's just a stylistic choice. And it's part of the thing. We have used some live drums in the studio, but yeah, my, I, I I really like that's 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 what I'm going for. So it will always be a a drum machine live.
0: Yeah, maybe that's what confused me. Was like I I knew that you'd recorded some material with a live drummer. I thought maybe that was the part of the live scheme as well.
1: But I guess not. No, I mean uh, it's 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 pondered at times, but I think. Only when we're feeling like we don't want to be risky, you know, like sometimes there's so like talks in the van of like, should we go back to our, what is like our default? And it's just weird, man. It's just not exciting to me. Like I'm saying, like it's not exciting to me to go back to the thing I've always done. I love drummers and I love that feeling, but this, this photo crime thing that, that like rigid pummeling of a drum machine is really moves me and, and is what this band is to me. But, um, but yeah, we did do Hayden, the drummer of Metz, played drums on some songs. It, uh, we recorded electrical audio with Albini and that was on our second album. Like, uh, we recorded in 2019, maybe, I think.
0: Yeah, that, I I, I'm a fan of many bands without that have utilized drum machines live. And um, it's always something I've wanted to play around with too. Um, You know, and, and the, uh, the recently I've seen, I feel like I've seen a handful of bands, you know, like Lebanon Hanover and uh, you know, twin tribes that the, the, the drum machine is an integral part of their sound, you know, that sort of like relentless, like on the beat, you know, sort of uh, you know, cadence to the, to the music, which, adds a whole other feel to it which is something i really respond to as well you know yeah and uh, yeah so i think it's cool you know myself i would never you know hey man get
1: it you should get a drummer like i would
0: never recommend (laughs) that
1: (laughs) yeah it's it's interesting man i feel like whatever you do there's always going to be some kind of voice coming in from somewhere like why don't you have a second guitar player why don't you have this or just interesting things like that i guess those are just conversation things to say in in interviews or when random people talk to you or whatever but uh yeah that's definitely like the the aesthetic of the band and i think i when when you we saw each other in in denver that one time yeah Mm -hmm. and that that was uh, for maybe like about a year if even that i did the band just solo yeah And and it was it started off as a a logistical thing where we'd done two European tours and our third European tour was going to be in a bus supporting a couple of the bands and the people that had been touring with me in Europe couldn't do it. And I just thought, well, like, like again, just like the challenge, can I do this? Can I play solo? Can I make it work? And I think I did. I mean, it was interesting, man, like never stood on stage alone other than that. And that direct connection is really, it's, it's unusual. It's unlike anything else. There's nobody else. There's no other place for your people's eyes to go. And I did feel like I had to win over the audience. And so I did that full European tour and then a little bit of stuff in the States, did that festival, did uh, Mexico. And then the pandemic hit. And, and we probably talked about this last time, but I think once the pandemic hit, I was like, I don't want to be on tour alone anymore you know oh, yeah. i want to have friends around me you know yeah that changed a lot for the way i saw i see
0: life too as well but yeah, yeah that was uh that, that that festival was fun man it was like denver's yeah. town you know and like it's uh that street there's a bunch of different venues having stuff and you know it was it was definitely cool i had a lot of fun yeah, watching that was, was awesome watching play
1: it that was great you know yeah same with you guys i hadn't i hadn't seen you guys play in forever and it was awesome and torch and it was like it was a fucking cool Cool day,
0: yeah. So we're in the beginning of twenty twenty four. So what what do you got coming up, man? Like with photo crime, like what's what's the the game plan for the next few months?
1: Yeah. So we're um it looks like we're going back to Europe in May. We did a short European tour last year around Unholy Passion. Our mutual friend Ralph's uh, fest, you know, date like big show they do. So we went over for that and did about nine shows total in December so we're going back in may probably and um going down to like italy and playing some places we haven't played or have haven't been to in a long time and from there it's just a lot of discussion about all sorts of things you know there's a lot of like ideas bandied about and it's just as you know as a band it's like something comes up you gotta make sure everybody's available and then you you go back and then it doesn't work out and so you're just constantly kind of balancing all that stuff um it's been interesting we do really we do so much better in europe like in the states we just haven't we haven't i don't know we just, we just haven't caught on or like we haven't had the right tours we pretty much just toured on our own in the states we haven't supported anybody much so i'm kind of like not focusing on on the states like one of my One of my missions this year, honestly, is like to focus less on trying to go to places and trying to worry about people that don't give a shit about me. You know, I hear that, that, man. Definitely. Yeah. In in music, you have to do that because you're constantly like, oh, can we get on this festival? Can we get on this thing? Can you do this? And I fucking hate that, man. Like, I don't ask people for shit all day in my life. You know, I just do stuff. So like the fact that as a band, you have to like not only kind of put your pride in check, but like you're constantly asking somebody else to do something for you or give you a break or put you on a tour slot or give you a certain amount of money. And I just find that to be like just absolute bullshit. I just can't stand that. And that's one of the things that wears me down. Being a musician that's like a pretty small cult musician and trying to find things to do. So that's part of my goal is just go where I'm wanted, you know, like if I feel like this is the thing or it's something I really want to do and feel passionate about and it feels like it will be a meaningful adventure, do that. But like, you know, how many times in my life have I worked my ass off to go play in New York City to a mostly empty place where no one gave a fuck about me? Like, why do I need to go do that and worry about an audience, whether they show up or not, you know? Yeah,
0: I mean that that's a really uh especially these days where you look at resources, you know, and and um, you know, cost is like a mm-hmm. big concern these days. And, you know, uh I, I, I thought for, for doing stuff on our own, I I apply the same logic. It's like why the hell do we want to go here, even if someone's asking us to play in certain places, it's just like, yeah, like that it doesn't add up for us to do that. There's no return on investment, you know, in some mm-hmm. ways. I totally relate to that. That's a that's a cool uh way of approaching it you know
1: yeah it's like so you know i'm looking into things that can happen writing new music and just kind of taking it as it comes i mean there's there's a lot in the mix but nothing definite yet so the only thing that i can really control at the moment is like what i'm going to create so i'm just going to start writing more songs and i'm doing in addition to photo crime stuff i'm doing a bunch of shit in my studio i have this little studio i've built and uh i'm starting to like record some outside people for the first time right on. yeah so i've done i've done stuff with friends and you know i did the last photo crime record in here did the previous one like in my house and um so i'm like been recording the vocals for the new modern life is war record oh wow okay they did all the music elsewhere and jeff's been coming down here and doing sessions um getting ready to record a post-punk band from Cincinnati, doing some uh, some string stuff with Sarah, who plays cello for Murder by Death. So it's like a perfect little spot where, you know, it's easy. It's not, I'm starting to charge, but my goal is really for mostly the people to come here. If they're people I know and care about, for them to come here without feeling like there's a a bill, you know, like a tab. You know, when you're in the studio, it's like every minute, is money absolutely and that's that's like really a uh on one hand like that pressure is exciting you but but i also like when i'm singing or something for example i don't i mean i have had that thought before like fuck this took me an hour this cost me x amount of dollars and i only have this much time and i'm my goal is to provide us i've created the space for myself but now to kind of provide it for other people that I care about to make some art without feeling like there's a, a price tag just weighing down on them, you know? So, so that's cool. And that's, that's kind of like a new, uh, I don't know, expansion Avenue in my life that I didn't really have before. I'm not leaning into like becoming a commercial studio or anything, but you know, that sucks
0: oh man and that that's also just like a cutthroat sort of like trip too man you know what yeah. I mean, just so little money these days to spend on
1: recordings you know yes and like people expect an engineer to be working from fucking 9 a.m to 2 a.m or whatever you know so i don't want that but um if i can if i can manage this to offer it to people that i want to work with it'd be cool so i'm just kind of starting to do that and then uh Yeah. And I do a bunch of other shit. Like, as you said, I'm always doing lots of bands because as you said about our social life, like I have a couple of friends that I hang out with on a regular basis, but most of the friends that I hang out with and see it's all through music. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, So I, I, and I want to play more often when you're in a band, that's like, you know, like photo crime doesn't play Louisville eight times a year. We can't, we play once or twice. So I want to have other bands to play. You know, when other friends come through, I want to play. So uh, I'm doing this band called Ambrasi. That's this the bass player of Photo Crimes Band. He, like, writes all the songs and sings. And it's like a proto-punk, Stooges, Dead Boys kind of thing. So I play guitar for that. And then I've been doing a new band with uh, the singer of Elliot. Do you remember Elliot and Falling oh, For Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 They were on, like, Revelation, I think. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. <laughs> So Chris this is, is an old friend and a couple of other old friends, and we've been doing that. And it's just, we haven't played a show yet or anything, but it's just kind of like, you know, melodic, hardcore punk, you know, just, just fun shit, easy going, no stress, won't tour. Just like make music purely for the fun of it with friends. And, you know, to have that balance, uh, I still want to tour and be busy as much as I can, but have that balance of like low pressure, music is also really nice
0: yeah that's that's the thing man it's like over the last year I've, I've done a bunch of like not a bunch but a couple of different side things that um it just it's good to sort of get back to just having fun and like making music for the sake of it you know and instead of uh like you, you touched on it earlier where there's this whole like plan you know and this yeah. like master plan of getting you know press and all this other stuff things that have nothing to do with music that are just like business you know yeah and it's just really fun to go and just make some stuff and then just put it out like within the days of you finishing the mix it's out for people to listen to if they want to check it out and it's like no pressure it's like one of the nicest things ever
1: you know yeah yeah I mean it's it's all that stuff I I, and I'm sure it's partially because I don't have a lot of success with it but like I fucking despise it man like I hate I hate teasing things and i hate trying to generate interest i like i hate social media i hate all that shit like i just want to make music i want to listen to music people like i want to make music people like i want to make record covers i want people to care about that and yeah and it's changing even more right where like the people the, the things that people are buying and listening to are more about a cult of personality ever you know than than music Um, so yeah. And I'm also aging out, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm, you know, it's like, I'm at that point where like, I don't give a fuck. Like if you put me in a, in a little like coffee shop corner and we can play there to the people that want to see us, that's fine. I just, I want to find the way, the path to just keep doing it. That's my goal is like the longevity of it, uh, is my ultimate goal versus like the immediate success. Um, but that's a challenge. Yeah, totally, man.
0: It's like I, I kind of I, I totally relate to that. Where um, you know, someone in, in the PR uh section of your, you know, your whoever's doing PR for you, they have this this plan of stuff that you want to do. And I, the last time around, our last time, I was just like, you really think that's gonna make a difference? You know, right? Like, like <laughs> yeah. I felt like
1: Larry David or something. You know, I'm yeah. like, eh,
0: <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't think that's gonna help.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel the same way, man. And I, I when I try to turn those things into artistic endeavors, which is my goal with like a music video, you have an idea and you want to have some art artistic idea and you have some mission. And then ultimately it's just like a promotional tool that people may or may not stream for 30 seconds somewhere. And um, But I'm just trying to look at all those things in the artistic level versus like, the view count and whatever, you know, like I just I hate the obviously as person the person who doesn't have a lot of success with that, I despise the the uh the metrics of it all. Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean if I was a person who had millions of listeners a month and millions of followers, I would love the metrics. But I don't so I fucking despise them and I dream of a day like, you know, I'm like man, if 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 like social media just died tomorrow like what a beautiful world we would have you know dude that's i completely agree with that i mean you
0: know every day you read some sort of study about how the negative effects of all this stuff especially on young people who i mean you and i didn't we grew up without social media really right. you know and but if if you're a formative forming your your personality and you're constantly feeling like you have to share everything with strangers and getting criticized and all this other stuff. And just uh, like this, dispersonal, uh, dispersonal is that even a word? Impersonal uh, yeah. nature of things, you know? And it's funny, like even in my job, like it is a little digression here. Like um, I, I'm actually changing jobs re- in the next mm. couple of days, but the current position I have, I have to show up in the office three days a week. Everyone's there no one talks to each other. Everyone sits at their desks and they use MS Teams or email. And that, like, there's people that like, I've had meetings with people and I'm like, why don't we just get a conference room and sit down in front of everyone instead of everyone like, we're in this like virtual, you know, hyper world of like- And I'm like, wait, that looks like, I'm like looking at the background. I'm like, wait, you're sitting right over there. It's like, why don't we just sit in an office together or a conference room and go over everything? And that, it just doesn't feel good, you know? And if, you know, that has to manifest itself somehow, if you're growing up with that, because there is like that, you know, that uh, we haven't evolved that quickly. You know, this is only like Mm -hmm. what 20 years of this stuff has really come come into our existence, you know? We still have that part of our psyche that needs to have that connection. And if that's taken away, and it reminds me like with young people it reminds me of like, if someone like a newborn was like taken away from their mother too, too early, what like uh, behavioral issues would result, would, uh, would result of that. So if you're taken and putting in this like little region where you only communicate virtually, what does that take away from
1: your development? You know, and it's just, we're seeing that you know what I mean yeah yeah I mean I think about how detached I felt from so many aspects of society and culture and social things and how uncomfortable I've felt most of my life in a lot of social situations and then if you add this kind of disconnect of seeing it and it's still there it's like I, I it breeds jealousy it's kind of like I was saying about the Coliseum thing where like immediately I'm like I see those tendencies in myself that I don't like that led to me to have to stop doing that. So all, so much of these things, they just breed those tendencies. So I, I have to, I'm trying actively to let those go and just focus on the art and and the making of the things and the the direct communication. And I don't know, I mean, this isn't a, a grand scheme, but like on our social media, like photo crimes, I'm like, i you know i don't i don't want to make reels i don't want to talk to the camera really but then you know when i've done that more people engage with it and then you know and i do a bunch of cool shit all day i don't like documenting it in 30 second increments but so i'm trying to find a way to do that and make it real like we just started doing this thing we're calling the record club where i just so far it's just the three of us in the band but we're just posting a photo of us with a record and and writing a little bit about it with the idea that maybe somebody can say oh i like that record here's my thoughts and so far so good i mean you know i'm sure that it'll, it will like ebb and flow but like something where it's not just like i don't know like trying to hype ourselves up or pretend to be something we're not or constantly sell somebody something it's like here's here's some real connection this is a record we hold in our hand this is what we think about it. What do you think about it? Just just something to have some real shit going on out there. Yeah, at least that's fun, you know? Yeah. yeah. So what, what kind of stuff have you been listening to
0: recently? What have you been talking about?
1: Man, uh, well, I mean, so far, I've just kind of, with this thing, I've just started with, like, you know, just some classics, like a Killing Joke first record was the first one, and then uh, the last Portishead album was the second one I did. Uh, Will picked uh, Johnny Thunder's "Heartbreakers" like a motherfucker, and and uh, Nick just did the Sparkle Horse uh, "It's a Wonderful Life," but I don't know. I'm kind of like, what am I listening to? I, I feel bad. I don't listen to like a ton of new music, you know. Um, there's like sometimes some hardcore stuff. I'm gonna mispronounce this band's name. There's a a German like uh, post punk band that I really like. uh deletson Ecken, and the record is called Talisman, and oh, they're like super good minimal post punk band they're fucking killer. I've been listening to that a lot um there's a new Jay Robbins record came out today, his solo band it's fucking killer um band called Slant that I've been obsessed with for a long time. They're a South Korean hardcore band with a female singer uh. They have an album out and a 7-inch, but they put out like an EP last year. This Italian hardcore band called Golpe. It's it's one guy. He plays all the instruments, but they have a band live. And their album and 7-inch are super, super good. I feel like, I don't know if you're this way. Like, I, I feel like I take in a lot of new stuff. I try to listen to new things, particularly like DIY hardcore as much as possible, because that's probably what I connect with most. And then... I take in so much of it, but like one out of a hundred things connects with me. And then I listen to that one thing like so fucking much.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of the same way, actually. Like there's tons of stuff um, coming out. And then a couple of things really hit with me, you know. And, and, uh, I mean, last year, I mean, I do, I do, um, like a top 10, uh, with, uh, Jackie over at uh, Into the Necrosphere every year. Mm-hmm. And there's so much that comes out and these are all metal records and it's like even just in metal there's like i had 30 records on my top 10 and i had to pick which ones you know and there's even stuff that comes out early in the year like even now like there's stuff that's coming out that i'm like oh yeah this is great but i'll probably forget about it by the end of the year
1: yeah it's crazy oh yeah and i'm i'm still (laughs) i don't know you're i don't know if you, you have those tendencies in yourself that like there are things I see in myself that are still how I was when I was a kid where like, you know, when I was into punk and hardcore and then like kind of right before Nirvana, like when alternative music, I mean, I discovered alternative music through MTV, but then it was like played during the day at MTV and like kids I knew at school liked it. Like when Jane's Addiction, Been Caught Stealing became like a thing, like normal kids were like, this is cool. You know, I was like, fuck that band. You know? Oh, yeah. So, you know, so I never you know i didn't like nirvana when they were popular all that kind of stuff but i see that in myself now with stuff when i see it's just like the internet thing the train and people are just like this is the thing or the hype labels i just don't give a fuck i I just the music might be great but when when i see that train rolling through with with mass perception i just i'd rather find some fucking record that like 200 people, other people listened to, and it really hit them hard. I mean, I listened to a podcast yesterday that was Will Oldham, who's a friend of mine, and it was about his record, I See a Darkness. It was the 25th anniversary, and that's not my favorite record of his by any means, but uh, it's the first Bonnie Prince Billy record. But one thing he mentioned was that he's never had an experience with a huge show that was really meaningful to him. You know, it's like, he's like, I've seen Prince and it was amazing, but then I'll go see the Mekons to 200 people. And that's where it hits me. And I just think maybe because of how I grew up going to shows, like, that's how I feel. So even with records, like if, if something is just so mass loved, a lot of times I have a hard time really, really connecting with it, if that makes sense. It
0: to me it makes a hundred percent sense because like I I you know my my girlfriend w- would refer to us as elitists which yeah. um <laughs> yeah. true you know I, I'm gonna say we're true but yeah. but uh but um yeah I, there's something about things that everyone else likes that I don't like it'll make me not like it right away and and I feel that way about cultural stuff too like tattoos and like right like I am like you know <laughs> without getting too, uh, you know. You'll see like some dude covered in tattoos that you know is just like the corniest guy ever, yeah, you know. And I'm like, I don't like ta- fuck that, you know, fuck right. tattoos, but they're like, Well, you're you have you're covered in tattoos. I'm like, Yeah, but I'm different because, right. <laughs> you know, and it's like, but I just feel that way about cultural stuff too, like skateboarding and tattoos and like stuff that I used to think was cool, and now I just despise it because so many people are not are that are just lame or into it now and it's like that with music you know it's like right. but it's not their fault though that's the thing i keep telling myself it's like it's like i can't it's not your fault that you're whack and you like stuff that's cool like that's not my <laughs> fault it's not your fault yeah. you know and i have to like <laughs> This is like the New York, New Jersey part of my personality spoke out where it's like, it's not your fault that you're whack and you like cool things. <laughs> I should accept that. You know, it's like a combination of philosophies here. Right. You know, but it's hard. It's hard to separate out those things sometimes, you know, and maybe there's a lot of stuff that I'm missing out on because of that, you know.
1: I, but I, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, is that like. Who's missing out, really? You know, I mean, elitist, I, I would I consider myself pretentious or, or height very critical like I think critical thinking is very important yes like am I missing out if I don't listen to x record you know whatever record that like hundreds of thousands of other people are missing or listening to or are they missing out that they're not hearing the record that 50 people are hearing you know and, and I actually think like I'm not missing out on mass culture I don't care about mass culture like it doesn't mean anything to me and even when it's like I'll watch fucking Barbie on the plane and it was fun, but like, I don't need, that's not a cultural moment for me. Like that's right, not, right. you know, like that's not a cultural moment for me. A cultural moment for me is a, is like something that's really intimate and hits me hard in my soul and that's that's darker. And that's just the kind of person I am. So yeah, it's like, my, I have a friend that like teases me because I'm this way, but it's like, I'm not hateful about that shit i just like it's just not my culture like that's that's why we were drawn to the things we're into you know i'll give you an example of uh
0: something where i loosened up a little bit and i actually did have an excellent time and we were talking about the misfits earlier right and uh you know when they first started reuniting i was completely against it you know what i mean i was like how can you do this you know how even black flag i was like like heartbroken by that whole thing you know but when the misfits started when glenn started playing with them again i'm like i'm not i'm never gonna go to this ever yeah. i mean this is like blasphemy you know and last year i went i remember like i was like saw that they had a date at the prudential center in newark and my, my girlfriend and i she's also a huge misfits danzig sam hain like she loves all that stuff mm-hmm. and uh So I'm like, yeah, let's let's go. So I got tickets way in advance, and I knew going in that this was like almost like going to see like uh, like Wayne Newton in Vegas or something. Like Like I know that this is not punk rock, this is not extreme, this is not this is something that normal motherfuckers do. This isn't like I'm not being out, you know, fringe or you know anything. I'm not an outsider right now. I'm just a Mm -hmm. fan of music. It's like going to see. Like kiss or something like that you know what right. i mean there's nothing underground about this experience and i went and i i had a great time but there were there were moments like glenn was great you know he's out of all the out of all the people who are like famous or you know high profile he's kind of you, you kind of know what you get with him he's a great singer he does what he does you know personality who knows you know whatever but uh yeah, there was definitely the one thing I do have to say about the show that was kind of a letdown was they had uh AC Slade was actually playing all the all the guitar parts. Mm. And he but which is fine, you know, but he was like the stage was like super dark, and I'm like, Who's it? What's that moving by the drum riser? There's like someone over there. What is he a roadie or is there a technical problem or something like that? I'm like, oh wait, no, the dude has a guitar. And I'm like, hold on. I'm like Oh, he's actually playing all the guitars, but he's not up front rocking out. He's like, it was like he was given like a direction, an order to like, okay, right. you can stay. Here's a here's a here's the tape line that you can't pass because people will see you once you go past here. Yeah, that I thought was my one criticism of the show. They should have had him out there. He should have been rocking. He could have did his thing. Everyone knows that you know they're not the best musicians
1: except for right. Dave Lemieux and and Clint. You know, so yeah. it's like. That's my one criticism. Have
0: you seen any of the Misfit shows at all?
1: I haven't. And I saw that you went and and I don't know if you posted a video, but or somebody, but on the recent show, the more recent shows, I watched some video and I was like, they sound fucking good. And it's like that thing. If they played here, I would let my shit down and I would go and enjoy it. Oh, yeah. You know, and and that is something that is like it's weird because it was scary. It meant so much because it was so scary and weird and unknown but like post box set it was like the the box you know the the box the literal box started to open and then like you know all the all the things started to be to dig out in the internet and then just everybody knew about it and then next thing you know there's crimson ghost like uh fucking uh, shoelaces being sold at the mall and shit so it's like it's gone it's not what it was and so yeah i i would need to let my shit down about it like have i been kind of like ugh about it in my heart of hearts sure but my relationship with that music is still what it is yeah no totally and it's funny man i i have to admit we maybe have talked about this too but i'm not a huge sam hayne fan like i want to be but i the production i just really can't get into production like as much as i try it's just never never been something i loved I mean, i've always had the records i love the way they look i love the whole thing i just don't they don't hit me like the misfits and the first yeah. two, two Danzig records. And as much as I think Danzig three and four are good, I only the first two really, really hit me. And but I do feel like Sam Hain is the only thing left that's like precious because like they did that reunion, but it wasn't overdone. It wasn't huge. They were still playing like pretty small venues, and it's still fringe. It's still somewhat unknown it's still weird it's still kind of impenetrable and i kind of i really love that about it
0: yeah there is something very on very it's hard to listen to because like you were saying probably the production that probably scares a lot of people away because it's like it sounds weird you know yeah but for me the sam hain stuff is my that's my jam like i love yeah. songs like to walk the night is like the greatest song ever written in my opinion and yeah you know that and but the funny it's interesting you mentioned that because you know tombs has covered a few sam hain songs and the guys in my band are not really into Sam Hain though. They like misfits and they love Danzig. Yeah. So for me to be like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, like the shift, you know, we covered that yeah. a couple yes. of Halloweens ago. And I was like, they're like, you know what, man, I never heard this song. And I'm like, Oh really? You know, then you guys are from New Jersey. So how do you not know? Like, Sam? And, but yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't hit with a lot of people, but that, yeah, and that's not why I like it. I just like it. Cause I like it.
1: You know what I mean? But I do love, I love that it is still unique. It's still precious. There's still something magical about that. It still feels like a little bit of an undiscovered secret. And yeah, I think that's cool. I mean, it is weird. It's like one of those things, like I liked it as a kid. I listened to it, but yeah, the songs are just darker. The the production's weird. It's it's a little more, you know, impenetrable. One One of the only regrets I have in photo crimes history is that right when we started, uh my friend Sean, the singer of Child Childbite, was putting together that, that Sam Hain tribute I know Sean. Yep. and, and asked us to be on it. And it was like, we hadn't even released anything yet. And I was like, well, I don't want our first thing we released to be a cover. I don't want to be on a comp. Like, I really wanted this, like, like, kind of, you know, I wanted the band to kind of be presented in this certain way when I started. And I turned them down. And I always wish I'd been on that comp. I'm just like, I should have just fucking done that. Like, let it go. You know, should have done it. Yeah. Well, you know, what's
0: exciting is, uh, in a few weeks, I'm going to see you in person, I think.
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, what's the date again? Oh, so, dude, I, You can't, I've, I've, all right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's, I've like got something on my calendar. I, it's in the next month or so. <laughs> all right. Yes. I've got it. I've got it down wherever it is. Oh, it's the 25th. Yeah. I'll be there. Yes. <laughs> I'm stoked, man. That's awesome. I mean, you guys, has tombs ever played louisville i've I've done shows free before maybe
0: yeah we played louisville twice ever okay so this would be like our third time in the band's career that we uh, played like, louisville so um, it should be fun you know what i
1: mean awesome yeah yeah I mean, no, it's, it's gonna be a good time it's weird our town has just become weird it's like there's there's not really a middle ground anymore you know there's like once kind of we aged out of doing shows and we still put on shows obviously like if you were coming through and need to do a show I could do it but like it's it's just odd it's like that kind of place where there's not a lot of like two three hundred person shows there's a lot of really big shows some big metal shows but uh, so many bands just don't come through here they skip it and it's it's hard it feels it feels odd to me it feels like we're more isolated as a city than we used to be it's like friends that I know almost never come through anymore and it's kind of wild yeah I mean we generally don't or the states
0: by ourselves anymore it's like we always like are on a package and it's it's been I don't think as as part of a package I don't think we've ever played Louisville we only we only played there on our own
1: really or yeah. on routing date to someplace you know yeah it's it's odd so I'm I'm stoked you guys are coming yeah I mean when I when I saw that, I was pumped, for sure. It's awesome. I mean,
0: totally. Yeah, I was definitely, you know, it's you hit me up first about it, but I'm like, oh, I got, I'm definitely reaching out to, to Ryan. <laughs> to something like that, man. It's going to be awesome. Yes. You know? Yeah.
1: So when, but, uh, when, like, you, when do you guys so start that
0: run? Yeah, when does when that tour start? Uh, next, to not this coming week, but the following week, it starts in uh, Providence, Rhode Island. Okay, awesome. And it's it's also nice because the last couple of tours we've done, We've had to like uh, drive halfway across the country to start and then drive, you know, like the tour, the last tour we did started in like Albuquerque or something like that and ended in somewhere like, like Lawrence, Kansas. And we, it's like, you know, that it's nice that it starts in Providence and ends in Brooklyn. So it's, you know, really convenient for us.
1: What's your opinion on doing like, yeah, let's say you end the tour in Lawrence, do you book shows on the way home or do you just truck at home these days? Dude,
0: Honestly, these days I just truck at home, man. It's like playing the routing dates never seems to be like, cause you end up playing towns that don't really have shows really like you're. Mm-hmm. And, and the you know, whoever's booking your tour is not putting a lot of energy into getting, he's like, you guys are just on your way home. So we'll play right. wherever, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you playing like, you know, not, not to disparage anyone out there, but like Canton, Ohio or something, you know, right. and it's,
1: yeah, you know, there's like 10 people. <laughs> whatever, yeah. You know? yeah, I mean, last time we went to the West Coast, we just like, we were like, you know, time's always, always precious. And we were like, let's just fucking drive out there. Let's just take, you know, three days, like just fucking truck ass, do the coast, go back. And like, because those, sometimes those middle of the country spots, especially after big tour, it just, you have a great tour. Then you play three shows on the way home that just suck the life out of you yeah it's better yeah. to just roll you know and, yeah. and you can make that drive in a couple of days
0: and it just i'd rather just be trucking you know and yeah everyone drives in the in the band you know oh, cool. wasn't always the case you know <laughs> and yeah. um, and it's just better to just to hit the road man and then you you know you stop someplace maybe you get you know you get like a a band meal it's like yeah. good for while. instead of like pulling it up loading in sitting there in a empty room and just being like you know what we could be driving right now (laughs) yeah get home another day earlier or something yeah
1: we always had the joke of like you should book like a last show of tour that's just was never booked in your mind there's a last show but it never actually existed so after you know you can just cancel it you know like that kind of thing where we would always play like cincinnati indianapolis somewhere like an hour and a half from home and you're just like you're an hour and a half from home from like three PM till two AM and you're just like, fuck. Yeah. That that we've never done it, but just like should have just send the routing to the band and never in public, like get that fake last show and you just cancel it. And I that I would did- be excruciating, man, to be like on a, a full US tour, be
0: gone for like four weeks, and then like for us to have the last show of you know, be in like Philly or something yeah. like that or like a routing date in Philly, yeah, you know, it's like like that's just like this, the tour ends in Chicago and then like the routing date to get home is Philadelphia, you know, <laughs> yeah. to
1: make any sense, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I'm not necessarily proud of, th- I've, I've three times in my life I've bailed out on shows. Like one time when I was in a band called the Enkindles, when I was like 19, I didn't have any say, you know, I was just a bass player. I was, I was like young, but we went to some show in Cincinnati and nobody was there. And the band decided, we're not going to play. And I was like, oh, man, this, you know, I thought it sucked. There were kids there to see us, maybe like five. I was a kid, and I told myself I would never do that. At one point, Coliseum played Pointless Fest in Philly, and we were playing Mr. Roboto on the way home. And we were running late, and we were having some inner band uh, tension. Our our old drummer, Matt, my cousin, who's who's gone now, but... You know, when he was in the band, he was a fucking pain in the ass. You know, he he would make life miserable. And so we were arguing all day. I don't remember about what, but the band we were playing with at Roboto was calling me going like, yo, no one's here. Don't come. Like the show sucks. Like, this is not just don't even stop. And we're like, fuck. Okay. But I was like, well, we got to check it out. So we went to Roboto and there was like three or four people there. And we didn't play i remember i gave them all cds and then we just kept driving home it was really weird i don't don't know if i regret it or not you know but my favorite the only one that i stand by is that i did this band for a little while called uh whip's chains yeah i remember that yeah okay and we did one tour where we opened for converge and we that tour ended in boston and we had been trying to get a show on the way home for like weeks And finally, this dude's like, yo, I'll throw you on this show. You're not on the flyer, but, you know, Columbus, you can play. So we drive like all day from Boston to Columbus. You know, we're just exhausted. We get there late. We walk in and some kind of like beat down band is playing. Oh, man. And we were just like, no, you know. Yeah. It was like it wasn't a band. Anybody was on a mission. You know, nobody was there to see us. It wasn't like our passion. We were just doing it for fun. And I that one was fun, actually. We were like, we just looked around. We're like, we do not need to be here and just drove the rest of the way home. And that one, that one was actually fun. The others, I don't know if I stand by those. Sometimes there
0: there's a lot of wisdom in doing that, man. You know, just driving <laughs> like all a day, you know. Yeah.
1: I think so. I think so.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, you know, it's good for morale, you know, just to be like, you know what? And you got a story to talk about later. you're <laughs> you go to Denny's there and you know
1: discussing whip chains was way more pumped to have skipped that show than to have played the joy we felt when we got there and saw we saw how how not good it was going to be for us we weren't on the flyer and then just like you know what like like that that freedom of leaving it's like i have a lot of travel anxiety and one of the the things actually that denver fest i think about it because that day i was like oh man i was really anxious about flying to, to denver i was tense my travel anxiety has gotten worse as i've toured it. like it wasn't there when i was a kid and i i feel like it's just the culmination of like my whole life of traveling sure just yeah. like tighten that knot and it was a real it was like that day of the denver show i was about to go to the airport and i thought i can cancel like yeah the promoter be bummed people will be bummed but like nobody else has rearranged their life for this. Like it was just me and that freedom of I'm only answering to myself right now. And I didn't, but like that freedom of like, it was interesting, man. It was like a very interesting thing, like to just go out for one show. And obviously I'm glad I didn't, did it and wouldn't have wanted to cancel and it would have sucked. But, but like that kind of freedom, like I could just not go, you know, people, people cancel things like, you know god famously canceled that tour i don't know if it was real where he was actually on the plane or whatever you know it was
0: real yeah was, i remember that very vividly yeah I, I heard you know that was actually something that happened
1: yeah sure. and sometimes when you're reaching that point like i think back about that and i'm like i respect that for justin because sometimes you just have to you have to make that decision like that self-preservation and you know we've we've, we've we've scheduled our whole lives constantly with mu- with music stuff and all this travel and like sometimes you have to like make a decision to put yourself first you know and you know i know that i did that just
0: a week ago man like yeah. not not to beat you know i've talked about this already but like i i um i changed jobs 6 months ago and uh my old boss I wasn't even looking for work. I was happy where I was, you know, I was doing my thing, a lot of freedom, you know, like make my own schedule, didn't have to mm-hmm. be in any any particular place at any particular time. This guy called, you know, we we went out for lunch and he offers me a job and I'm like, oh, it'd be great to work with this guy again because he was um someone I, he was like a mentor and someone who I really looked up to and respected. And like, I, I really, to this, I still do, you know have all nothing but respect and admiration for this person you know but i went to work there and within 2 months i realized this was not the place for me and for a number a litany of reasons there's reasons why i shouldn't be there and uh i was having so much anxiety over work i was like not sleeping i would have nightmares like one night i woke up in the middle of the night and uh I'm like, I have to go. My girlfriend's like, "Where are you going?" It's like 2:30 in the morning. It's like, get back in bed. <laughs> You're out of your mind. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. No, no, I gotta check this thing or whatever. You know, I ended up did go put my head back on the pillow, but I didn't sleep till six o'clock when I woke up or whatever time I got up. You know, and like, and then like one morning, I just got the wrong message from somebody. And I was like, Fuck it, this is it. I'm done. And yep. I took, I went back to my old company, man. And like, uh, my, my last day is like next week. And that's like, I disappointed this guy who I respect, you know, he's angry at me. It's probably ruining, it probably has burned a bridge forever, but that it was worth that for self-preservation and my own, my own mental health. Cause it was driving me insane. So yeah. sometimes sticking it out, isn't always the best option. And sometimes you do have to put your own well, you should always put your mental health ahead of everything. But, yeah, you know, you and I, I mean, I haven't always made those decisions. I've, I've, I've definitely stayed way too long doing something that's not good for me, you know, thinking there was some kind of virtue in that. But there really isn't. Because at the end of the day, you really have to keep yourself in mind and not really, you know, like uh, compromise that.
1: Yeah, I agree, man. I mean, it's like at a certain point, like just – living and getting through the day is like the biggest challenge and you have to you have to get that you have to look at your your longevity and like yeah I think I think our our aesthetic I mean you obviously are like one of the like the 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 like apex of that in a lot of ways I, I might have always looked to as somebody like you know you have the get in van mentality you work hard you, you believe in it there's no bullshit and I've tried to have that too but like also we've, we've been doing that for so long that you know, I mean, it's it's one of the joys of my life, to be quite honest, that now when I tour, I have a little more stability. And if a situation sucks, I can just take myself right out of it. Like if we get to a place and it's like, this is not this doesn't feel like a safe place or a comfortable place or whatever, like, you know, I can go and get us a hotel that's going to be cool or I can, you know, it's like I'm doing this for. For nothing else other than the joy of creating, and I'm not going to be miserable along the way. You know, I I was miserable plenty of times in the past. Oh yeah, oh definitely. And and like, yeah. I mean, it's like with my work with Shirt Killer, it's like I don't deal with anybody that sucks, man. Like people that sucked the band, like it was a band or a manager. You know, eventually that that went away, and there have been a few bands that kind of. Went away in a way that felt very like careerist and kind of shitty and not, you know, and and a little bit hurtful considering my long term like connection with them or whatever. But, you know, that's okay. Like we like everybody's got to like move on and there's no point in doing any of this stuff if it's if it's painful. Like, yeah, you shouldn't do a job that's like creating that kind of bullshit for you. Yeah. Now there's another job out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ryan, it was great talking to you, man. And I'm looking
0: forward to seeing you uh, shortly. I wish I remember the date exactly, but I don't. uh, But yeah, man, once again, awesome time. And um, we got to do this more often. Even when there's no, we're not pressing play and record.
1: Yes, yes. Sure. I agree. Just shoot the shit. I'd love to. All right, bro. Take care. now. All right. Great to see you, man. Great to see you.
0: to my own cat that i'm looking after and um i had to feed her so <laughs> no worries yeah it's been a while man it's been a while since we talked